great more yo, yo body great how are you just gonna jump into my intro i just i was so excited to say good morning to you bro <laughs> man all right dude how you doing man since you already messed up <laughs> hold on a second great morning everybody um Coop, how you doing today bud oh it's a great it's a great day to be great how about you um no i'm good man uh 2021's setting up to be another slamming year man the star just the, the stars are lining up bro that's all i'm gonna say the stars are slowly lining up yeah um, i love it but yeah man i don't got i don't Nothing, no cool stories. How's that chicken though? You was down in before you got on, bro. It's on its way into my quadriceps right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Like gotcha. literally going right in to heal my muscles. Got. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Did you find someone to help you with with that window you put up today? Uh oh yeah, I had multiple options. That's the that's the beauty of social networking. Um. Love it, love in a jam, need a window done quick at a rental property. Put it out to my relationships, and it came back tenfold. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, I don't got, I don't got much going on. Um, yeah, man, just again, just on on this project, just wait, waiting for those for that email to come through, bro. It's coming tomorrow. I got a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta come tomorrow, but you know it's all. I feel like like I need like me personal personally. I need to work on like patience. So like opportunities like this like help me to like really work that patience muscle. Um, but once we get that email, that patience is going out the window. That's all I gotta say. They yeah. just push, 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 push. <laughs> I can I know I can tell it's been a little like. It's making you overthink things a little bit. <laughs> like it's, it's like you keep replaying it in your head. I can tell. It's like if you play sports where like you're already prepared, but like yeah. let me just go over it again. Well, dude, for the the thing is idle time, man. And I'm and I'm not saying it's idle. Like we're still busy, but we're kind of in this waiting game right now, and it's like, yep, killing me. So then I'd be looking at scenarios. <laughs> Then, then I have time to look at different scenarios and like come up with all these strategies. It's like, no, like let's go. <laughs> One thing at a time. One thing. Um, yeah. Should we get into it today? Let's get into it, bro. All right, Coop. Why don't you bring in our guest this morning? Hey, everybody. Uh, on today's episode of Shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb, uh, we have. Aaron Matachik. Did I say that right, Aaron? You did. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, that was like, I was gonna, before we got on, I was gonna ask you, and I was like, forgot. I was like, well, let's say, right? Yeah, I was definitely yeah. waiting for that when you, as I heard the pause, I'm like, oh, what's it gonna be? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, well, uh, great to have you on, Aaron. Why don't you just uh, tell our followers, you know, a little bit more about you, you know, who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Aaron Matajic, as he said correctly. Uh, I'm, I'm an optometrist. Uh, I actually just graduated last May. So in 2020, um, not quite a year ago. And 
I do what I do because, uh, well, one answer is that I always wanted to do something in the kind of the medical field. I was pre-med in college and all of that. And then the shorter version of that is that I eventually found my way into optometry. My dad's an optometrist and my brother is and kind of decided that was a good way to go because I knew about it. And um, now I'm I'm an optometrist and I'd I'm doing my stuff in the medical field and getting to be a business owner. So those were my two goals, essentially going into it. Hey, Aaron, um, appreciate you being on the show. A little, a little background is not on purpose. The last couple episodes we've had on the podcast have kind of been like, Hey, no, maybe you want to rethink college. Um, Unless, obviously, you're going into something specific, right? Like, you know, you're very certain what you want to do. Um, It's a very, you know, secure job field, if you will. Um, Can you tell us, you know, where you went to school and what, you know, what that experience was like as you transitioned from student to business owner? Yeah. So I went to school, I grew up in North Dakota, high school, went to college at University of North Dakota in Grand Forks. Um, I'm sorry about that, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. I didn't even realize that until I... Unbelievable. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. That was was like instinct, sorry. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I went there, got my degree, and then in um, just biology. And then I went on to optometry school after a few years kind of in between of doing some other stuff um, in Chicago at the Illinois College of Optometry and got my Mm. optometric degree there to become an optometrist. And yeah, and then I started working and I, I, you know, I got into optometry with the thought that um, I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. I knew I also was interested in business side of things and that being a practice owner in optometry was a real possibility. So that was part of my reasoning for going into it. And so I knew that was always one of my goals and came a little more quickly than I thought. Um, at least one version of being my own business owner. And yeah. Can you... Aaron, can you talk a little bit like how, because you, you said it, you know, you becoming a business owner, it came a lot quickly than you expected. Um, can you just talk about like what it was like from, you know, once you graduated, you know, to getting your business license to opening your own, your own place? Yeah, so I graduated again in May and I actually started working like three days after I graduated. <laughs> um, wow. This- was lucky to have that in place Um, and I was working for and still am actually working for a private practice here in Fargo Um, they actually own a lease for Costco so I work at their their private practice location and the Costco location that they hold the lease for and then um, Fargo and North Dakota being North Dakota I guess there's a huge supply of optometrists and things going around so there's a uh, lens crafters here in Fargo where the doctor who held that lease uh, was leaving and the opportunity came up and somebody recommended me and started looking into it and decided to go for that. Cause um, with lens crafters, you aren't really uh, working for lens crafters. They just have a clinic space that you rent out and you mm-hmm. start your own, you know, practice essentially, and then 
instead of having a separate building or something, you practice in that space. And that's how I became uh, optometry, optometry business owner <laughs> so far. Mm. Man, I'll, okay, hang on. Let's let's back up. <laughs> you said you said just somebody recommended you. Well, like, I, would, I Caleb, that's where I was going. Dude. That's what I'm saying, Coop. We knew exactly what we were gonna do right there. <laughs> like we, I knew no. you were too. So I was like, let me get into. You know. Okay. All right. So, Aaron. So you talked about you just you know you got a referral or someone recommended you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you? Do you know why? Like, what made you stand out from the other people that had their name in the hat? Yeah. Um, well, the person that recommended me was one of my previous bosses before I went to optometry school. Uh, I moved back to Fargo to work a bit and get some experience in the field for my application to get into optometry school. Um, I was working at TLC Laser Eye Centers and my boss there, uh, Laura Krogan. Uh, I worked there for a year and we had a really good relationship and all of us that worked there had a really good relationship and everything and kind of continued that throughout optometry school. Actually, I would email her once in a while and see how things are going and things would remind me of stuff that I learned or did at at my job. So I would email her and let her know. And then she ended up uh, taking a position at LensCrafters on the weekend for different reasons. And that's how she kind of became in the spot to recommend me, I guess. <laughs> hmm. The, where are you going? Caleb, you got it or what? Yeah, I got a quick one. So like the, you're fresh out of school and a lot of the, I actually randomly know a couple, um, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering this. So I'm just gonna say eye doctors, right? Yeah. I know, I know a couple of younger optometrists or eye doctors, if you will. And a lot of them did not go the private practice route. And, you know, like what, what were some things that pushed you to the, I'm going to do the entrepreneurial side versus, you know, work for, you know, the larger corporation route. Mm-hmm. And this sort of setup with lens crafters or like their clinic space anyway, it's not like pure private practice, but that has always been my goal. I was president of the private practice club at my mm. optometry school and stuff like that. Cause I just knew I wanted to do it. And I knew I wanted to do it because a few different things, I guess my dad wasn't a private practice owner, um, knew the kind of lifestyle that that could potentially afford. There's a, you know, um, just right off the bat, you have more potential to earn more uh, by being an owner, especially over time. And then um, schedule kind of work-life balance. You're a little more in control of that. Um, I'm definitely someone who is a bit of a kind of a perfectionist, I guess is one way of putting it, but like knows how I like to have things done and being in control allows you to have the ability to do that rather than being subjected to what the way other people think things should be done. So yeah. a lot of, lot of reasons. And I really like math, to be honest. I was always interested in the number side of things and learning about that. So there's just, everything was pointing towards that direction for me. So something I always just strive for. <clears throat> well, I think uh, the podcast is done, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I got, I got more. I got, I got follow-ups. I mean, got he, follow-ups cool? he just, he just nailed it on the head. That was, you know, that was great. Um, Aaron, can we can we talk a little bit about um, some of the some of the you know fear, if any, um, that you had, you know, coming out of 
uh, college, you know, and then getting into, uh, you know, private practice, you know, and then, you know, slash business owner, like what type of fear did you have to overcome during that time? Yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't honestly like a ton of fear. I think that's because I did have comfort in knowing like my brother, my brother is not Palantir. So I didn't mention that yet. I don't think, um, his sister or sorry, his wife, my sister-in-law is an optometrist and my mm-hmm. dad. And I just kind of have comfort in knowing that. And plus I have connections in, around here to like have jobs, um, if they're available or whatever. So it wasn't like, I wasn't taking a massive risk. I feel like when I was starting to decide to do my own thing with lens craft, the lens crafter space. So there wasn't a lot of, uh, fear from that side. I guess there was some fear of, not knowing exactly what I was doing by because I learned to be an optometrist but we really don't learn much about managing a business or anything like that and that's something they are working to get into their curriculum more but um, we have to take vision plans and submit Mm -hmm. payments to that and all this kind of stuff that that I guess I didn't know how to do yet but I I still wasn't that worried again I did have people to reach out to that could help me if I needed it and um yeah, I don't know. I was just really ready and excited more than fearful, I think. <clears throat> so I, I I love that that you that you said that, you know, the doctor like the eye doctor thing, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't so much that part, it was more so the business side of it. And I like how you you know, even though you didn't know much of the business side, you know, I like the mindset of you know, I'm going to figure it out as I go. Um, I have a lot of connections, um, you know, and which is great. I feel like um, people in today's world make starting a business more complicated than it needs to be. Um, Last week we had um, one of Caleb's buddies, uh, Evan Horder, I believe, Caleb. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, You know, he's just bought into a moving, moving company with another partner of his and he had no business business experience on how to manage a moving company just kind of mm-hmm. figuring it out on a fly um but I, it sounds like Aaron you're a a, a go getter figure it out get the job done type of guy and I re- I really like like that you know but at the end of the day as long as you you know you are willing and want to learn and and keep improving I don't I mean what do you think I mean do you think starting a business is that complicated um, not, not necessarily. Um, again, I still don't have all that much experience in it and especially in different sectors, but I felt like, you know, a lot of people have come before me and done it and done this as an optometrist mm, and mm, yep, I feel like yep. then why not me too? I have confidence <laughs> in myself and so uh, I'll figure it yeah, out. But that, like that's difficult for people to think though. Like that's like, it makes sense, but some people don't have that intuition like you do. Yeah. Coop, can I call dibs on um, the next two? You've been kind of going, you've been getting <laughs> aggressive with them. I just want right. to make sure I can get my two. Okay. In. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, appreciate, appreciate it, man. Yep. Um, I want to press rewind. Um, you said when you were in your studies, you were, you say president of the private practice club? Yeah. What was that? Like, tell me your experience and what you learned and who you got to meet, the relationships you got to build. Um, what, what was that all about? 
Yeah, so um, every optometry school has a private, or not not necessarily everyone, but I think most do, if not everyone now, um, has a private practice club for their students that's run by the students. And then um, as president or the clubs in general, just bring in different speakers to talk to the students so we can learn more about kind of this business mm. side of things, um, either after or in between classes, uh, mm. just try to get some more information in addition to our classes and what our professors are teaching us about the actual optometric doctor side of it. But um, so by being president, you have to kind of set all that stuff up, reach out to different people. It can really be anyone, any private practice owner, you know, or someone in like the industry with uh, a lot of the insurance companies and bigger kind of brands or companies within the optometry world or even eyewear world kind of have people that go around speaking about stuff too. So getting in touch with those companies and getting to be known by them a little bit or getting to uh, access to some of their speakers. And then you meet and we have conferences and um, throughout the year for different optometry stuff. And you kind of get to meet more of the private practice people then too. And so I don't know, just lots of different private practice doctors and people in the industry that you kind of end up meeting through doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and you felt, this is my third question, Coop. Sorry, <laughs> it's all uh, good. It's all good. like, I mean, let me actually group them together. So you go from you know, North Dakota to, um, you know, big city Grand Forks. Sorry, <laughs> you know, I hope you can hear the sarcasm with that, uh, <laughs> listeners. Right, Caleb, just um, let it go, bro. And and then you go to Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, Chicago is like it's probably the biggest city in the Midwest, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Talk about the relationships that you built. I mean, because there's tons of there's schools all over. I'm sure you may maybe you had a couple in mind, but like what relationships and 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 the differences that you had, you know, because coming from where you were to to go in there, what was that like? Yeah, well, actually, there was even another large city in between. I lived in LA for about three years after. Grand Forks, very large city. I like like how he just dropped that in there. (laughs) Snuck it. Oh yeah. By the way, just snuck it in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I don't know. uh, Living in Chicago, yeah, I did only apply to two schools. One that my brother and my dad went to. So I'm like, if I can't get in there with that history, then I shouldn't be able to get in anywhere. (laughs) So I, (laughs) I applied there, and I applied to Chicago, which is actually the closest one to North Dakota. Um, got accepted into into that one and decided to go to that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like I said, I did live in L.A., so I wasn't like any sort of major shock living in a big city. Sure. I'd already gone through sure. that. Um, and then really, we're so busy that I barely even like people ask me how Chicago was. And like, well, number one, I lived in the south side of Chicago, which is not the good part of Chicago. <laughs> like I didn't walk around at nighttime because it wasn't really safe. Um, but uh, we were just so busy that it didn't seem like a massive city for the most part. And then, right? Can can you talk about what it was, <clears throat> what it was like, mo- like moving to LA? Then, yeah. Well, that was interesting. I really didn't know what, what to brought ex- you out there too. Yeah. Yeah. So I. <laughs> oh boy. So. <laughs> <laughs> this was on the do not ask list yeah, that Lindsay didn't give us, wasn't it? Yeah. So 
basically, it, while I was at UND, they had this hip hop class that I took my freshman year for fun with some of my swim teammates. And I really liked it and I kept taking it. My senior year, I taught it. And then I moved to LA to kind of explore the dance world a little bit, to be honest, hip hop and that kind of stuff. It, it makes sense now. <laughs> on some of your on some of your Instagram stuff, I've been I've oh. been I've been noticing that it makes it makes sense now. That's cool. That's cool, yeah, man. Yeah. So I was kind of out there doing that, and like I didn't even know what LA was like at all. I from like TV shows, I had sort of my an idea of how it would feel like to be there, but I don't know. It was just totally different than what I expected, and um, lived in a random kind of hostel they called Home for Dancers. So it was like creative people, but. Uh, found out I was living there like two weeks before I got there <laughs> just danced for a long time and then I after like a year and a half or so I actually got into research because I need I ran out of money so I needed to get a job I got a research job at a biotech company with my degree in in biology and science and stuff from college I thought I was gonna do a PhD for a while when I was there and then decided not to do that and that was kind of like a quarter life crisis I think I was about 25 at the time or about to be and I'm like I don't want to do research I'm not going to be a dancer I was just kind of something to explore when I was younger and then um, got to do something else and kind of within like three days I went from deciding I was thinking I was going to do a PhD and research to I'm going to be an optometrist <laughs> and that's actually how it started to get to me to where I am today but um, yeah LA was very different obviously than you know <clears throat> North Dakota and and all of that um very good biggest biggest life lesson you learned out there i'm sure you learned many yeah biggest life lesson i would say just so i was so impressed with just the hustle of people especially in like the entertainment world which all all the people i knew and my friends that i was making was in um more more specifically the dance community rather than like action and stuff like that but people out there are they move out there a lot of people aren't from there they're they're um having moved from somewhere else to like you know chase their dreams and stuff it's Mm -hmm. what they say but it's really true too especially in that entertainment world but people just go for what they want and they're relentless about it and it's just the hustle all the time always working hard towards it chasing their dreams and like making things happen and you kind of realize when you're out there like these people that were well known in the dance community as teachers or getting booked on these jobs or even photographers for the dancers that you need headshots for when you go on auditions. Sure, sure. Like all these people are in these positions because they wanted to be and worked hard for it. They aren't just like these magical people that had some random opportunity. And that was always inspiring. And I've always kind of tried to take that with me going here, <laughs> anywhere else, I guess, after LA and Chicago. But now we can end the podcast, Coop. <laughs> all right. Like that, that was, that was good. Yep. <laughs> that was, I really, I enjoyed hearing that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I, okay, let's just look at this for a second. So Aaron, you go from, um, president of the club at UND, you go to LA dance, you know, run, you know, do a, get a job doing research at a biotech company. And then you, you know, did you go f- straight from LA to Chicago? I moved back to Fargo for one year, and that's when I started working at that TLC Laser Eye Centers, where I met my boss, who recommended me for my position mm. now, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, there was one year in Fargo after LA before Chicago. Gotcha. So then, yeah, you went to Chicago. You know, did your thing out there. 
you know, then you came back, you know, to, to potentially being a private owner or business owner. So I'm just curious, like what, so what pushes you and drives you to, <laughs> to, to, to like, just be a, a beast essentially. Like I'm hearing you like say these things. It's like, man, that's okay. Yup. Okay. He's, he's the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. First of all, um, what is it that really drives me? I think I just want to experience everything I can and want to experience out of life and um, have a lot of different interests, which is kind of a burden at times. I do switch around what I'm thinking about and focusing on a lot. Um, I didn't pick that up from dancer to <laughs> optometrist know, right? <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. But, uh, cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's just wanting to make sure I have as few regrets as possible uh, at the end of the day and um, getting to experience the things I want to experience and trying to set myself up for a life that I really enjoy ultimately. I'm going to dig deeper into that because I know you have more. Um, Cause you, you, you also, you, you have to process that question. Poop came in hard. <laughs> um, but, but let's go back. Okay. So lens crafters, subcontractor, Costco, some, you know, like, Let's talk about sales. Like, mm -hmm. what was your experience? I mean, you were also selling yourself as a dancer, I'm sure. Like, what was your, what's your experience with sales and how has that caused you to grow? Mm -hmm. um, let me think of my experience from sales. Definitely when I was at TLC Laser Eye Centers, there's a, a bit of a sales aspect because you're trying to get mm. people to do LASIK. Um, Where else did I work that I was doing some more stuff like that? Was, was it was it hard for you? I mean, like, did it? I mean, when you talk sales, uh -huh. some people just shut down. Like, no, I could never. Right. You know, it, but, it, but it sounds like this wasn't hard for you at all. You just kind of like, yeah, whatever the job is, I'll I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Part of it is like when you believe in the thing you're selling and that it's mm. a good thing or a benefit to the person or there's real truth behind what you're saying, then that makes things easy. I've, I don't know if I've really experienced like any sort of gimmicky fail sales thing that I was trying to sure. put out there, but yep. Yep. like I believe in LASIK. I really like LASIK and thought it would be great for a lot of people. And a lot of people say it is a lot. Of, one of the most common things people say after LASIK is I wish I would have got it sooner. That's like the most common quote. Um, and so I knew I was essentially selling something good. And so it was easy to talk about. And um, actually, as an optometrist, you really do have a sales part, too, especially when you go into something like private practice and things like that, because you do have glasses and contacts at the end of the day. And you hope that they buy from you rather than online and things like that to help your business. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of just more of the same. Like, I know that the science behind um, why certain lenses are better or why they should get them or why they need an update in their glasses or why different contacts are better. So let's just eat. I'm educated on what I'm selling and I believe in what I'm selling. And so I think that's just always made it easy for me for the experience that I have had. That was, that was like a, a bomb drop right there, Caleb. It was, it was kind of just like, yeah, it's not a big, it's not a big deal for me. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, you know, like that, that's so true though. Um, Aaron, and you hit it like right on the nail. Like when you believe in what you're selling or, or what you're doing, you know, you know what the product is, 
um, you know, selling is not as hard. It's almost like your duty. Like you need to get this. Mm. Like I strongly believe Mm -hmm. that this will make your life better. Mm -hmm. Um, which I mean, which is key for any type of, you know, sales role. I feel like, yeah, it's a lot about like, even rather than thinking of it as like, I need to make this sale or I'm trying to make a sale. It's just, I'm trying to educate this person on what this is and why it's good for them. And that's kind of the, the angle I've always come from, I think for the most part. And then the sale happens if they decide it, it's less of a stress, I guess, point. It's just you trying to educate them to make the decision to buy. Love it. Love it. Uh, Caleb, you, you got something? Cause I'm going to keep going here. Please, please continue. Okay. <laughs> Cooper, please. Um, you talked about, um, Aaron, you talked a little bit about, you know, your, it sounds like your whole, you know, your, your dad, brother, uh, it's in their blood, man. It, you know, <laughs> their in law, like, every, you know, everyone's, um, doing, you know, doing the, I think, um, did, I mean, did that, you know, seeing that, did that, you know, change your, your mind to, you know, thinking that you wanted to be a business owner? Um, I think my dad, for the most part, my brother was still, I don't know, my brother and I have always kind of like shot back and forth ideas to each other about, oh, this would be a cool product or company or something. So we've always kind of been like that as far as entrepreneurial minded. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My dad having his practice was always kind of like, if I do have tawantry, that's kind of where I want to go. I kind of want to be, he, he r- runs really the business side of his practice as well. He's a partner with somebody um, for owning the practice, but he really does the business side. And I just, I guess that has always been a source of like, I think I can do that. I want to do that. I want to learn how to do that for me. Did Now, did your dad ever like kind of sh- talk to talk you through some things like even before you got into your doing your own thing but like before that like did he ever you know talk you through like his day like what his day was like or anything actually not really like I nearly never heard anything about his day at work for the most part or like I didn't grow up going to the office when you go to optometry school and you're like oh yeah I come from an optometry family people are like oh you must know all this stuff and growing up learning about it and like I didn't know a thing <laughs> like I <laughs> never really hung around the office I had eye exams when I needed them and um, right and then the one thing I actually knew I didn't or I thought I knew that I didn't want to do in college was be an optometrist <laughs> that's <laughs> the one thing I was like I don't know what I want to do but I don't want to do that because my dad does it my brother's doing it um, part of it is like I don't think know if I think eyes are interesting enough and also I wanted to do something different and like a little bit harder because I was just being that kind of person. Like I want to do something more difficult or something or more prestigious, but yeah. And then here I am as an optometrist. So whatever, I guess. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so like, what, what was the, like, what was the thing that got you to change your mind about being an optometrist? Uh, Part of it was like I was planning on medical school, which I kind of perceived as being, you know, a little more prestigious, I guess, than optometry school or whatever. Um, I was thinking about possibly going into 
like becoming a surgeon of some kind that kind of interested me. And then I did know that I wanted to take, so I actually applied to medical schools um, my last year of college at UND, had my first interview at the UND med school, um, like two or three days before I decided I was actually going to just take the year off and go to LA and dance. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I went into, and I didn't tell my parents, I just went into the interview and they asked me whatever their first question was when I got in there with like four other people on the other side of the table and I just said hey you know actually I'm just gonna let you know that I'm gonna take a year <laughs> off and I told them I'm moving to LA to dance and I'm like but if you still want to interview me for the next year go ahead and we have the let's go yeah uh, but, um oh shoot now I'm forgetting where what the question was exactly what what was the the like the first thing that changed changed your mind about being a optometrist oh yeah that's right so yeah so I was thinking surgery if I knew I wanted to do that uh kind of hip-hop stuff and explore that world or experience it when I was younger because I wasn't going to want to be doing hip-hop when I was like 40 I'm so impressed by the way I'm sorry I'm so impressed so uh yeah I just uh was living the LA life for a while and then was looking more into surgery and like work-life balance and things like that and I just it wasn't really meshing with what I wanted like um, when you look into it there are a lot of surgeons that just don't have great work-life balance they work really hard really early in the morning it's a stressful job and it just didn't seem like it was fitting with what I was wanting um, so that kind of put me off on that for a while and then I started doing the research and was like I really like this I never did any research in college we were at a biotech company. I was doing like DNA cloning stuff, molecular engineering, and it was awesome. And it was fast paced. And I was like, maybe I want to do research. And then I was doing that for a while. I got, I worked in a couple of labs at Caltech there in Pasadena because um, I was right by my other company and kind of worked my way in there. And then after talking to some of the like PhD students and, and postdocs there and the Caltech like is one of the best research science schools in the world, mm -hmm. really. Oh, totally. So it was awesome experience. And then um, talking to some of them and some of them saying like, yeah, if I could go back, I'd probably do something different. And I'm like, you're saying that and you're at Caltech and you are like the top of the cream of the crop of this stuff. And then I started thinking, I'm like, what do I really like about research? I really like the fact that this guy that I was working for had his own startup company biotech startup company and was working on you know a vaccine or product of his own and that's like the exact thing that I liked the most about it and when you really look into that the chances of being successful with a startup like science company or drug discovery company is very low and then um, to even get like a the drug discovery process is like a five to 10 year or more thing. So like if it ends up just not working out in the end, that's such a huge risk, even if you could get to that point of like starting it, your own company in the first place. So I'm like, that's just too much risk for me. I don't know. I also have these postdoc people at Caltech saying they would do something else if they went back in time. So I'm like, mm. maybe I shouldn't pursue a PhD <clears throat> in research. So right. That was literally like I was having that moment of like my quarter life crisis I remember walking out of the lab and calling my dad and like I don't know what to do and I I don't remember if I decided before I called them or not I think but I was like I think I'm not gonna do a PhD and I think I'm going to become an optometrist I literally just like decided on the spot and 
put in my two weeks and started studying for the entrance test for optometry school and never really looked back, but I kind of knew what I was getting into with optometry <clears throat> with all those people being in it. So I knew it was a future that was at least capable of providing a good amount of what I wanted to have in my future. So that's kind of how I got into it, I guess. And it was four years of school rather than like a minimum of six or eight if I went to medical school at that point. And I also was going to have to start taking classes again because it was starting to get too many years since I had taken them um, for like requirements for school. So I'm like, I got to do something now. And I chose optometry versus like medical school, essentially. Man, that so I love that because there's always I always say there's uh, what's the saying? There's more than one way to skin the cat. Right. And mm-hmm. you, you, I feel like so many people are like, oh, I want to do what I love, right? Like, what do I want to do? What I want to do. And I loved how you kind of had that, but you also were like observing people and deciding what you didn't want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that helped, you know, helped you, you know, solidify the being an eye doctor. Um, but no, I just, I just love that angle, like being, ob- you know, observing other people and like how, how much do they love their job or like what they're doing. Um, and obviously you didn't, that didn't fit what you wanted for your life. And you said no, you said no to the research thing, you know, which I, I commend you on that. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people would have just, it's Cali, it's a nice weather, mm-hmm. like, it's great out there, like, I'm not moving back to North Dakota in, in the freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, how, 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 um, you said you went three years in LA? Yeah, I think it was just before three years when I moved, finally. Uh, how'd that go with mom and dad? <laughs> uh, like, going out there in the first place? Yeah, we should, we should. <laughs> Like you, you kind of like hinted a couple times. Um, (laughs) So actually, I should mention this. You know how I said I didn't tell them before my interview that I exactly yes yes I didn't tell them until um, I got my letter that I we (laughs) so I had to open it on the phone with them because I got my letter or no maybe they opened it for me because I think they got the letter and I was living in LA and I knew it was going to be a denial because I didn't really do the real interview but they were like yeah you kind of like hey don't pick me letter and so they opened it and then i like let them know or maybe i let them know right before they opened it i don't know but to even get out in la in the first place i was i spent one month my first month in california in uh san diego like shadowing a surgeon there so that was kind of my like way of getting over to la (laughs) So I shot Oh, this is a great I story. Let them know I was <laughs> yeah. staying over there for a while, and eventually the letter came. I let them know the whole story, and yeah, they were never really that into it, but that's how I worked my way over there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that, I, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, so <clears throat> let's uh, talk a little bit out, outside of uh, business owner, um, Aaron. So the first, like, one day I just remember Lindsay talking about, you know, she was following you and she said you had, uh, you have some, like, real estate goals or you're kind of like, uh, I don't know if you're, it was a book. Coop, take it uh, easy, It man. was a book, <laughs> a book or something you have posted on IG or something. <laughs> and that, that was what really intrigued me was, okay, 
he's a business owner, but he's lo- like he's looking to do something, you know, add something or add something to his income. Um, mm-hmm. Am I? Is that correct? Cool. Yeah, that's Chill very up, correct. <laughs> so can I can I ask? Like, you got you got a great job now. Wh- wh- so why now start to like peek over into uh, real estate? right now mm-hmm. why not coop is hey, no, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry all right yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry well one part of it is thanks something i already mentioned i have such a terrible habit of getting really interested in different things all the time but uh part of it's also it really all started when i read rich dad poor dad which mm. I'm oh, <laughs> oh podcast is over yeah. that's it that's, uh, oh that's it Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I started my job here, you know, in Fargo. And then I was still part of like one of these student organizations. We had like a virtual meeting. And one of the uh, optometrists that I really respected that was big, pretty big in the industry and well known. Um, and a good, you know, way he's probably 50 something like good way into his career and life and things. And someone asked him or he just decided to let us know what one book he would recommend and he's a big reader on all these different oh, books on business oh, and man. life and stuff and he said rich dad poor dad and so i'm like okay if he's saying it i really got to read this so i heard it a couple times before read it then i read like the second one and then i read the next one and some other ones in the series and <laughs> it really just started from there but it's such a great book yeah it's did you aaron did you know that when I first met Coop, he had not read that book before. Really? <laughs> like, and I almost was like, hey, man, like, the friendship's been great. <laughs> um, but if you don't read this, like, it's probably not going to it, it was out. our first book, right, uh, that we did for the podcast? So, yeah. So, yeah, that's the cool thing we do, Aaron, and, and anybody listening, um, is we like to, hey, we're going to read this book this month, and then we're going to talk about it. Um Feel free to read along if you want. And Coop and I were talking about it. I was like, listen, dude, this, like, if you've never read, like, <laughs> this is the first no book option, we're reading. So, so tell me, let, let, let me segue this into my next question. So you read that book and, like, boom, how quickly was your brain, like, turning through gears? What, like, like what was the impact of that book on you today? Oh man, um, it was huge, and I bet in like a few years I'll be able to say it was even more huge than it has been already. Hopefully, as, as long sure. as I get into the sure. stuff I want to get into. But sure. basically, you know, I just like I've always sort of not always sort of been in school because obviously I had my time in LA, but I just never really learned about like the financial world at all. Like, I never knew a thing about it literally before that book which kind of is embarrassing because it was less than a year ago like i didn't even understand the tax system like that we had a progressive tax system i thought if you fall in one of those higher brackets all your money was taxed at that income and like that's how little i knew about finances the financial world any sort of thing like earned. i didn't the terms like earned income passive income wasn't a thing in my mind Mm -hmm. um so it was just so much learning right away and wanted more and I bought a whole bunch more of his books that I'm looking at right now and tax-free wealth by his uh, CPA and all these other ones. It's a great book. Yeah. Yep. 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really like that one, too. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I was also like, so first of all, the impact that's had, I guess, is just like learning so much more about the business side and like financial side of the world, which I really needed to do if I wanted to be a business owner anyway. I finally have the time to do it now. Um, and then, you know, that lens coppers opportunity opened up and like, well, that's sort of heading in the right direction. It moves me from the E quadrant to the S quadrant. At mm, least. Okay. <laughs> okay. Aaron, you're giving away Ooh. too much information. E to S baby. E to S. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, there you go. And then I was like, well, I actually, I'm going to be starting making real money too. And like good money as an optometrist. So I need to learn what to do with it. So that was part of the learning about the taxes and the tax-free wealth book and stuff. And learn more about the benefits of, you know, businesses, corporations, and then getting over to that B and I quadrants. Um, and then real estate essentially obviously was in, in those books a lot. And those just seemed like such a great opportunity. And I've always been interested in like different passive income opportunities, quote unquote, passive income. Obviously there's a lot of work in it for a lot of different ways in real estate. But, right. Right. Um, so yeah, that kind of got me into that, and that's why I have an interest in some plans for real estate today. Man, we should we should re- during a pandemic. <laughs> like, well, if I, I my job is actually pretty fine right now. Like, we're as busy as we need to be for the most part, and got those low interest rates. So if I can <laughs> figure something out sooner, the better. Coop, what you got? Man, man? I'm do- I'm done, man. <laughs> After after he's after he after he dro- started dropping the qu- quadrants, I was done. <laughs> I was done. Yeah, oh man, so, I, there was no, he said so amazing, much there. Like I don't man. even like. I first of all, I admire you, um, Aaron. Again, uh, <laughs> just being honest and like just saying like before you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, there was a lot of like finances and stuff that you didn't know that they don't really teach us in school today. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, just for you to be open and honest, but I, I like, I admire you for that. Um, but like, you know, just under, like you said, it, you're, you're at a point where you're making really good money. And I just feel like a lot of people will get to that point and just kind of coast. But here, here's Aaron, like, ah. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of want to know what I need to do with my money. Like, I want to know how this game is played. Like, I want to, like, yeah, the money's great, but, like, how can I use it to, to you know, produce more income or, or whatever whatever it is. But I just love how you're taking an active role in understanding your finances and your money. Like, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Caleb, you there? I'm I'm listening. Okay. I'm just I'm soaking it in. Okay. <laughs> I'm just it, it's it's just great to hear. And you always you always relate it back. Like you know, I'm list. I'm interviewing, right? But I'm also listening. And you always relate it back to your own. Like, yep, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, yep, that's good to hear. Like, it, it's it's why Coop all Coop and I always talk about like, hey man, like you need to keep your you need to keep yourself sharp. You need to be talking to people who are also trying to keep themselves sharp. So, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, maybe this is a good time to segue it into like future goals. Like what's, what's the plan going forward? I mean, I know you just kind of just kind of just starting to get going, but like, 
what future goals are you okay sharing? And then, um, you know, what, what are, what's going into some of that? Mm-hmm. Um, so future goals, I actually have like a vision board that I made for 2021. I'm a vision board guy. Phenomenal. As of last year. Phenomenal. But uh, yeah, sort of my goal, like more immediate future goals this year, I really want to purchase my first property, whether that's, I mean, like even in general, there's other optometrists I graduated with that are purchasing their first homes. Um, I'm in an apartment right now or just renting, but I do want to purchase this year. And while just like a primary residence for myself would be okay, I really want it to be a real estate investment of some kind, like a house hack. If Smart. you've heard of that. Oh, uh. So, I'm gonna connect with you offline on this. Yeah. You just you, like it's so smart, man. Yeah. So that's my goal. One of my major goals for this year um, is to do that, and I would even like to like my stretch goal. Essentially, you could say would be to like have two properties by the end of this year. Um, I can't do the same sort of financing um, for having two properties in one year, but that's what I've been looking into, actually. So I've gotten, I'm really big into like organization and being efficient and like stuff like that. I'm a perfectionist and I just love that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if you've read uh, the four disciplines of execution. It's kind of about achieving goals essentially. And so Hmm. I'm kind of implementing one thing from that where there's this scoreboard that you track your leads on and like the things you do that should lead to you attaining your goals. And I tracked it for on this like white, uh, whiteboard that I have that's a calendar and just the hours that I've been putting towards my different goals for 2021 um, actually started in like December because I made the vision board early but and just looking at that I just reset it because I ran out of room and had to erase it and start for the next month and a half here but looking at that I was like if I really want these goals to happen like I got to make changes because there was very minimal hours spent towards some of the goals and I'm actually trying to focus down and narrow it down to just real estate right now. So I really make something happen rather than trying to do a million things at once. Like I always do. <clears throat> but, um, so I was doing that. And I was like, something's got to change because I am not going to make my goal at this rate doing what I'm doing here. So actually tomorrow is my first day of not having work on Tuesdays. I decided to cut down to four days a week <laughs> so I can, spend that fifth day really just working on real estate and like whatever goals I have and making those happen. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that was one of my goals for this year is doing that. Right on. Um, um, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I don't know though. I don't know what my like exact real estate goals are for the future. I definitely want to really get into it and make it a, make it, something significant in my life so that it can help me have more freedom. My ultimate goal in the future is like freedom and trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. I get there, whether that's through, you know, working as an optometrist, real estate, maybe other investment opportunities or whatever. So those are a lot of my main goals right now, just trying to put in the work now to Mm -hmm. somehow get to freedom and figure out what the points are on the path to that. (laughs) Right on. Man, love it, love it, love it, love it. Aaron, what um, you have any advice for your eighteen-year-old self? Um, I would say 
let's see. So 18, you're graduating high school, looking into college, all your stuff. Um, I would say try to take, try to look at what things interest you and really learn more about those things and um, take advantage of opportunities given to you to learn more, experience more, get more wise and um, go for your goals or your dreams, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it is a phenomenal yeah. thing. We we quote uh, you know the, the great Phil Knight all the time. Um, yeah. So, anything you would have done differently along your I mean your path because you have such a cool story of you know like you know got the good grades you know could have became a doctor or an eye doctor earlier or whatever went to L.A. then went back like you know, not that, not that you would have done anything different, but um, anything specific that you learned along the way that you maybe would pass along to somebody else. Um, Coming with the heat yeah. late. I, I know. I'm trying to think like, besides like, you know, really going for the things you're interested in and trying to make those things happen and, exploring your interests, which was a lot of what my, you know, 18 to 24 year old self was doing. Um, I don't know, I guess. I mean, you, you can say you wouldn't change nothing. <laughs> I would. Yeah, yeah that's, what <laughs> that, that's true. That is part of my goals, you know, no regrets or as few as possible. And I don't think I have a ton so far, but, um, well, I would say I think... one thing that has really helped me, like, and this isn't possible for everyone or whatever, but like, I did always get good grades. And because of my good grades and test scores and things, I got good scholarships for college and even optometry school. And like, honestly, those scholarships for college sort of allowed me to explore my dreams and interests and move to LA because mm. I was pretty low on the debt and loan side after college because of you know, scholarships because I worked hard in school and got good grades. So give, give, give that's, yourself that's, as much that's, of an that's opportunity to do what you want by, you know, working hard in school and getting good grades, even though maybe it's not all about grades in college and there's a lot of opportunities outside of that. It's always good to have that foundation too if you need it because that's really helped me. If you're going to do it, do it right. Doing, so. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it right. Man, that's great. That is great. Um, Aaron, where where can our uh, listeners follow you, link up with you, uh, schedule an appointment? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, my Instagram, I guess, is <laughs> at Aaron Matachik, A-A-R-O-N-M-O-T-A-C-E-K. Um, I do have a website for, like, optometry stuff. <laughs> Because at one point in time, I was really looking into like doing a YouTube channel for optometry education stuff. So I built a website and I have one video out there. Actually, you can go and watch it. It's called uh, Five Reasons Why You Should Get an Eye Exam. <laughs> but um, DrAaronOD.com, D-R-A-A-R-O-N-O-D.com. I think there's a place there to schedule appointments. Otherwise, currently LensCrafters.com. If you're in Fargo, we'll get you there too. Absolutely. Love it. 
Man, Aaron, thank you a ton for this. This was uh this was great. This was really great. I can't wait to see what you do too. Like that's exciting. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, this has been awesome. Yeah, if like I'm just gonna say this now. Um, Caleb's got what do you got, Caleb? Like eleven rentals or something? I I got a couple properties, um, and even just my like my best friend, a one since day one. He's a a realtor and a uh, and a real estate investor as well in the FM okay. area. Like if you ever need anything you know, like by all means, whatever we can, whatever I can do to help you, whether it's plugging, like that's the big thing about this podcast is Coop and I love building yeah. relationships and me helping somebody is just being paid back from somebody helping me. So like, I'm, I'm super excited yeah, to see what you I'm, do. And, I would, and, and house hacking, like Caleb, when's the next podcast? Caleb, so Caleb is the guy. If you're trying to do the real estate, the house hacking, like he's, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, and he's like opening my mind to some, some di- different avenues too. So if you ever like just need to bounce an idea off someone, Caleb, definitely your, definitely your guy. All right, Coop, there chill out. Go. Man. I'm excited. <laughs> 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 All right, Aaron, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, great episode, Aaron. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you, guys. Awesome. That, hey, was, that was that was like my explosion. That was a good episode, man. That that was good. People, but... I mean, whatever people say about eye doctors, man, you just—it's not true. Okay, they're or you good people. Go to Aaron. Yeah, go go see Aaron, man. Like, <laughs> go see Aaron, man. Uh, we've been talking so much trash the last couple of episodes on accident about no, going to college. No, you've been talking trash. You mostly me. Trash. Mostly me. Don't put me in that category. <laughs> yeah, mostly me. And but like, if you're gonna go to school, go for something you love. Go for something you know. Go for something hopefully that produces an income, right? And, and that you can use as a vehicle to do other things. Use that vehicle. Yeah, use that income to to leverage in other things. Start businesses. Like the 1099 play he's doing is awesome. Um, you know leverage it into real estate while the tax breaks are there it was good stuff yeah um you got any key takeaways bro um read read books no 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, don't just say read books read the books start start (laughs) out with you know like say your prayers read your bot with it you know but like then go get rich dad poor dad and don't be afraid, like, get yourself some life experience, you know, um, but then apply, apply what you know, and, you know, stay away from bad debt, use good debt to leverage yourself into, you know, positions where you can grow yourself financially to live a life where you can be the deciding factor, not a corporation or your bills or whatever. See you next week, Coop. I gotta go, man. Um, did, you, did you have anything or? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if like anyone really caught this, but he said that he started working on his goals in December for 2021. Um, and like if you look at cars, like auto dealers, 
Like, when do they start releasing the new models? Six months, mm-hmm. uh, like August. For for sure, the the new the new year models are released in the current year, and so like just be thinking about that with you know with goals or you know whatever it is. Always just be forward thinking and like, um, yeah. I mean, this episode. I mean, y- you just think about the information that he got from a book, right? And you heard. I mean, you heard his you know, his resume for his schooling, you know, he's got a, a phenomenal resume. Um, but he even said there was things that he didn't know that a book taught him, um, which is so powerful, man. Just the power, the, the power of reading, like, you know, like you said, Caleb, a, a million times, like with in today's age, there's a lot of things that we have at our fingertip, you know, yeah. we can, we can use and start applying. So that was big. That was big. That was big. I'm what's the what's the most valuable tool in twenty twenty one? You think, Coop? Um, is this a trick question? No, no, no tricks. Like just bouncing off what you said. Like I have my opinion. I'm curious what what yours is. What what's gonna be the value? most most valuable tool that you have access to in twenty twenty one? Oh, it's my phone for sure. And your phone, and I'm gonna go more specific. It's YouTube. It's you YouTube. I mean, just I mean, even, you could even say Twitter or social media or like Clubhouse is the new thing, right? But like anything that allows you to connect to people, connect to people, learn from some. Like I right. think even um, Aaron had said, like, yeah, yeah, like I, did, I you know, I heard from so and so, like, read Rich Dad Poor Dad, or I was thinking, oh, I should go private practice. I just, but how do you do that? Well, like someone's done it before me, right? Huge. Huge. And that's why we do this podcast. Yep. Like Exactly. Your project, my projects. This is nothing new, man. It's not like it's not I wanna say I'm Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just No, you're you're Caleb Carlson, bro. Wait, yes. I'm just saying exa- it, thank you. Coop. You, Coop. Come on, bro. Here's <laughs> That's my explosion sound, man. No, but um, yeah, no, you like you're just trying to do you, and doing you is probably no different than many other people, and you can take what other people are doing and explode off of it. Um, he that YouTube channel, like I was gonna say, like there, I don't know any eye doctors that are doing YouTube channel. That's different. That's different. I'm just saying, sometimes you got to do, you got to differentiate yourself too, you know, so. Yes, sir. Anyways, um, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Leave us a review. Um, Just want to say thanks to everybody that's been coming up to me and saying they've been appreciating the the podcast. Uh, The best compliment is to subscribe and leave a review. That's that's the best compliment. So, uh, <laughs> that's all I got, Caleb. Anything else before you got a dip on me? No, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dipping hard. You know, I'm just, you know. Dipping soft. Uh, yeah, 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 nothing, nothing big. Appreciate your time, Coop. Loved, loved, uh, loved getting to meet Aaron. Um, yeah, if you like the podcast, give us, give us a review. We'll take a two, three, four, or five out of five. 
Um, and 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 if you listen to this episode, make sure you message my wife um, for her to get more uh, guests on here, like Aaron. <laughs> Yo, I'm with it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, uh, all right. Uh, see you next week, everybody. Peace.